Hello, hello, and welcome back to Bakitaki Season 4, Episode 7. Uh, I'm going to edit in what the ep- name of the episode is. Moment of the Heat. How could I forget that? But uh, here to join me is the returning guest to the show. It's Tim. Hello. Good to be back. Yeah. So, Tim, you're you're probably the only guest who's done this. In between uh, you coming on the show in this episode, you've watched all of Baki? <laughs> yep, that's right. I uh, I finished two days ago the uh, the entirety of it. So. <laughs> and funny, and I'm so surprised that more people haven't done that. Hey, but. <laughs> Honestly, you, you know, I I think it's a great show <laughs> to to spoil the ending here. <laughs> I enjoy it greatly. All right. Well, I've got a, a question for all of my returning guests. Um, so let's imagine that we are bringing the world of Baki to the big screen. We're making the Baki cinematic universe. And you are going to be responsible for casting the actor to play Kitsumi Orochi. Uh, who would you who would you pick and why? Oh my goodness, this is this is tough. I, I'm not so good with actors, but I guess someone big. Like I kind of want to say someone like maybe not The Rock, or they're all bald. The people I can think of are bald, but I don't know, like Dave Bautista or something. Like he's he's kind and big, right? Yeah. Although he yeah. looks like a little more like Dopo Orochi in a way, I suppose. I was going to say, he feels like 30 years older than Katsumi. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't think of anyone Katsumi's age that that's that, that's that like massive as a human. But no. I don't know. I'm going to stick with Dave Bautista. Maybe, you know, a, a future Katsumi. <laughs> I would, you know what I would love? I would love if Dave Bautista played uh, Katsumi, but he also played Dopo. And like, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> you, just, you put like some makeup on, put some hair on him when he's Katsumi. That, that could be, that could be fun. They never appear in the same shot, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into this one because this is an episode that um, I love. Uh, I think that this is one of the best fights in the show um which in, in a very bocky way like it's not like this fight has amazing um back and forths or anything um but before we get to the fight uh Katsumi is jogging to the arena and he interacts with a few people um what 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 do you think about this this setup of the episode it was a nice exposition i feel like sometimes especially bocky um Certain shows can go overboard with exposition, but I felt like this was sort of a an appropriate amount um, to sort of talk about his backstory. Like he runs into, gosh, I always forget the the name of the the short little master guy. Uh, Tokugawa, yeah. Tokugawa, that's right, that's right. Well, he runs into Tokugawa, and who I assume is his his mother, uh, in a sense. Um, sorry, sorry, wait. <laughs> You mean Natsue, the person beside Tokugawa? Yes, that's right. Okay. Is... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you will always be my one and only mother. Hey, editor Steve here. So, um, eagle-eyed listeners of the podcast might realize this isn't the first time we've heard of Natsue, and she actually, uh, although she never appeared on screen, she was referenced all the way back in season one uh, when Dopa walked into his house um and well I'll, I'll just play the clip thank you so the scene starts with dopo coming Honey, home i'm home yep he looks at his door for some reason he's suspicious about the door opens it just a crack 
and then he kicks it down instead of opening it for some reason. Um, but he was right to be suspicious. It seems that somebody has ransacked the house where his wife lives. So he's looking around. Oh no. Natsue! He calls out for Natsue, his wife. Oh, what's that? Dorian's lighter? He gets angry. He starts flexing like the Hulk, ripping his suit. Dorian! Oh, and Dorian comes, slaps his face, explodes him and the house. So that that was the last we heard of um, Natsue. I thought she died um, because you know the house was ransacked and then it blew up with his anyway. But apparently she's fine. Uh, we just haven't heard from her in a in a while. So anyway, uh, anyway he runs into those two and um, you know Tokugawa says you know oh I brought someone special here and like even more special than the person standing beside me or something to that effect mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, Katsumi is of course like, oh, who's more important than this woman right here? I don't care who you invite. They couldn't mean more to me than you do. Not even close. <gasps> you will always be my one and only mother. Um, and then they reveal that it's his birth mother that Tokugawa had brought over. Um, I have every right to hate me! Don't be ridiculous. You are my one and only mother. And so it goes into a bit of Katsumi's backstory about, you know, how he, you know, was originally like a circus child. And then he was like, he had unbelievable physical abilities for uh, for a boy of only five years old. Yeah, uh, he was stronger than an elephant. Yeah, yeah right. There's a, a shot of him like pulling an elephant with a rope. <laughs> Even I... a five-year-old. It was so much more impre- like he was like afterwards he's doing like the you know the the what the trapeze stuff like who cares yeah. <laughs> at first yeah at first like they show him on a trapeze and like okay he's he's really he's really good at trapeze okay cool and then they show him with the elephants like oh wow that's a little bit of a step up I suppose yeah what an eventful night at the circus a little boy <laughs> pulls an elephant and then his dad gets mauled to death by a tiger and then. <laughs> A, a visiting uh, businessman just takes the child away from his from his mother who was still alive. Like, like they say that she was grieving, but of course she was grieving. Her husband died that like ten minutes ago from a tiger attack. Literally just happened. Then suddenly and tragically, the boy's father died. Dopo and his wife took over care of the boy from his grief-stricken mother. <laughs> We'll take the boy. It's okay. It's okay. We'll take care of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was... I feel like maybe on other shows or even other animes, like, this level of abrupt exposition would feel out of place. But I feel like in Baki, this was actually quite tame. Like, there have been... I don't know. Just like how Family Guy does these, like, random cutaways, like, I feel like Baki just does that, but only for exposition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, they'll just shamelessly like cut away for like five literal minutes to describe the weapons that the police were using or something or to explain what a dust explosion is and things like this, you know? A talented chef has such skill, such elegance, that they can create a soup that allows the diner to identify from just one spoonful all the ingredients that went into making it. Yeah, this one this one felt normal, you know. Kitsumi yeah. is a character that we don't interact with too much, and when we did, we learned a bit more about his past. It was uh... yeah, it felt like an appropriate level of exposition, honestly. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm I'm realizing that I like about this backstory 
is his dad was mauled by I think it was a lion, maybe a tiger, some big oh. cat at the circus. And his new dad is famous for killing a tiger in one on one combat, paints it on the wall. Like what a oh. flex. That's I feel like that's gotta be deliberate. Like yeah. uh that that can't be accidental. Maybe he did it as like a, a gift to his son. To be right. like, Maybe <laughs> like revenge in some weird way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I for an eye. The other thing I want to talk about this is as well. There's two other things. One, the fact that Katsumi gives like the weird hug to both his mom and the other is uh, he get he does like the exact same hug to both of his moms. And he he's never looked bigger. Like he looks like the Hulk hugging um, a regular sized woman. Yeah, um, he looks massive. Yeah, which is crazy because on this show he's usually like the, on the shorter side. Um, <laughs> but I guess that just also emphasizes how unoften we see like a middle aged woman in this show. <laughs> this is very true. But um, but the the other thing I wanted to mention is so this fight for some unknown reason maybe because the stadium's full of chloroform. Um, Tokugawa wants the fight to happen in, at 6 a.m. in a baseball diamond. I've always assumed that the underground fighting arena was sort of like a secret thing, and that's why it's underground. But apparently you can fight a caveman to the death in a, in a public baseball diamond. So it's like, like, did you think that this fight had to be like underground? Or I, maybe that could have been part of the name. I mean, I guess I, I honestly had not given it any thought until just now. But if I had to imagine a reason for which it's done this way, maybe Tokugawa had some kind of like knowledge that all the the people from the various um, branches of the karate uh, dojo would show up or something, and you know he did this as an act of symbolism or something. But like, I don't know. That's that's a very good point. That's sort of like every other like intense fight of this caliber has basically been in the underground arena and then for once they're just like uh we'll we'll rent out the stadium for this one yeah no that's a good point maybe maybe the underground arena does not have the capacity to support the million men of uh, shin shin kai yeah yeah all right well let's um so moving on katsumi walks into the stadium baki stands there covered in blood do you remember what why he's bleeding so much was he shadow boxing against something? I actually forget. Yeah, at the end of the last episode, we saw him about to shadow box a T Rex. So presumably, oh, he right. is that bloody from the T Rex. Right, right. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baki is once again an asshole um, and just sort of. <laughs> I don't even know why he's there, honestly. I never thought you'd get to fight him before I did. <laughs> I should be the one. Yeah, you should be the one. But uh, Katsumi walks by that. Dopo's there doing a nice squat in the hallway. Um, Dopo yeah. says, you know, go get him, Tiger. Um, and Katsumi goes in. Uh, and then we get what might be one of my favorite scenes of the season. The music swells up. Uh, Katsumi enters the baseball stadium as all of the members of Shin Shin Kai, plus like Retsu, Kaku, Suedo, they are all doing a very simple punch and going, ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> exactly, exactly. The power of that symbol, amplified by 55,000 fists and voices, rained down on Katsumi. Yeah! Yeah! 
220 branches of Shinshinkai in Tokyo, with a total of 55,000 members. Despite the early hour of the morning, they have all assembled here inside the Tokyo Dome in order to inspire their young leader. Following the unwavering lead of their instructor, Atsushi Suedo, they shouted with all their might. I'm Atsushi Suedo, and I'm a third degree black belt. I'm ready to die here tonight. Did you, did you enjoy this scene as much as I did? <laughs> I think so. Like this is, there are moments in, um, in animes where you're just like, oh hell yeah, it's about to happen. And like, I don't know, the directing of the episode with, you know, the combined music and the situation and sort of like this realizing of how grand um, an event that's about to unfold is going to be is, uh, I think it was really well done here. This was very exciting actually when he, uh, when he enters and it's like all quiet and he's like, huh? And then suddenly you just hear the yeah of, of all the, the members of Shinshin Kai. I loved it. And I, I loved yeah. that it was it was a mixture of a million faceless guys, but also the few guys that, like, you know, this. Wow. To be honest, I, anytime Suedo comes back, I always enjoy that. Um, Is Suedo the 100 plus year old champion guy? No, so that's Kaku. Kaiwa Kaku. Kaku. Suedo is the big guy who was leading the punches. Um, I only know him, you know, because I did a podcast episode. Uh, he was the guy who fought Dorian on a roller coaster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, as as uh, as from that episode, we remember that Suedo is. Uh, I don't know his name. It's sushi, so yeah. something. Uh, he's a third degree Suedo. black belt, and he's ready to die. Um, and that was about <laughs> <laughs> all we knew about him. Anyway, he's back. He does nothing in this episode. Um, he's and he's the... leading the morale, Steve. He's he's doing everything. Yeah, we see how much impact that has. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Pickle, I don't know, he opens the bullpen or something, and uh, or Katsumi opens it, and Pickle comes out immediately, and we get, the, the fight just starts. Uh, Katsumi gets five punches to the vitals, you know, he gets, like, some good hits in, and it does absolutely nothing to Pickle, who kicks him about... Um, you know, if you were playing baseball on that diamond, that would probably get you a double if you uh, kicked Katsumi as far as he uh, did. But at, yeah. at this at, at this point, how did you think the fight was going to go? I mean, just based on the progression, despite Katsumi's training and everything, I didn't think he was going to be the one to be pickled to begin with. So I, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, he's... He, you know, he gets hit, and he blocked the punch, but he clearly, you know, as he says, like, I've... I blocked it, but I took so much damage already, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and at that point, it's kind of like, okay, like, he needs to pull out his big guns, you know? Like, he needs to pull out all the, the sweet moves that he's been working on for, over the past few episodes. Wouldn't that wouldn't have that been great, though, if Kitsumi did win this fight? And then, like, you know, <laughs> the next episode, the, the title credits change. It's all about Kitsumi. <laughs> it's just the episode, or the... The show is just called Katsumi Orochi instead of Bakiyama. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. no, that, it, it's one of those things going into this fight. Like, you know, like, if even the theme song, you can tell that Katsumi is not going to be the one to win this. But yeah. the, the, the question becomes, how much of a moral victory are you going to get? Are you going to are you going to end up with Ret like Retsu, where your moral victory is that you believed in yourself? Or, <laughs> or do you get to like actually like let make some do some damage to him? Um, 
and so that's that that's sort of the fun part about watching this fight of uh, course and the other fun part of course is that katsumi finally gets to uh show uh, his mock punch in action now we talked about this last episode but it's one of my favorite concepts what do you think about the whole uh using imagining that you have more joints in your body than you do technique i mean i think so so okay i'll, I'll caveat this with um I've never practiced martial arts in my life, um, but I've heard you know you know things about like chi or or ki or you know whatever um, linguistic yeah. variation of the word you know the, the, your latent energy and how this is sometimes used or described in certain uh, branches of martial arts or types of martial arts rather. Even though I don't believe that this type of energy literally exists, I think it's a good metaphor to describe what you're doing in terms of form. For example, I, I've heard before like. Oh, when you're throwing this punch, push all of your energy into the ground. And I still feel that that's sort of like a, a useful way of thinking about what you're doing that could mm -hmm. still achieve the results that you're um, attempting. And so when it comes to his, uh, his, his looseness of his, of his joints or, uh, you know, imagining that instead of just, you know, one bone in your forearm, it's composed of two or actually it's composed of four or any number of subdivisions. I think that's... Uh, I think it's a useful metaphor. Like, I get it. I was watching this and I was kind of like, I understand what he's what he's going for and like why he's he's attempting this to achieve this mock punch, especially when you know the the comparison to a whip is is described, right? Yeah. No, I agree. I think that this is the type of stuff you need to do to you know punch at seven hundred and seventy miles an hour. Um, I think yeah, you need exactly. to <laughs> you need to use these helpful techniques like stay loose. And just imagine you have more joints. Yeah. Um, but it's nice. Uh, Katsumi's mastered this punch. He gets a good blow on Pickle. And Pickle actually, you know, he gets knocked back and feels pain as if he got hit by a T-Rex's tail. Pickle, for the first time in his 190 million years of existence, felt an unfamiliar pain in his belly. Something with all the power of a T-Rex's tail had landed a direct blow to his stomach. To be honest, I don't know if a T-Rex's tail would hurt as much as getting punched at mock speed. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. The T-Rex tail had a lot of joints. It's possible that it also went at mock speed. Right, um, right. Every year, science is coming up with new facts about the T-Rex, so I assume... <laughs> <laughs> that T-Rex's tail can travel at mock speed. But uh, what is it? So at, at this point in the fight, uh, Katsumi gets another good punch in. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, what is it? He gets one punch on the face, and then he gets a kick and a punch, and Pickles gets knocked back each time. He's clearly, you know, feeling these punches and being propelled uh, backwards by them. Um, however, uh, as a side effect, it turns out that punching at the speed of sound will break every bone in your hand and or foot. Um, now, I, I, had, I had some questions about this because I don't think the show actually makes sense here. I assumed that the problem was that when you punch at the speed of sound and hit um, the human brick wall of pickle, that will break your bones. Um, Albert Einstein, though, uh, seems to think that just breaking the speed of sound is what causes your problems. And I, I wanted to see which you think is the actual answer. Okay, well, I, I actually thought about this when I was watching it and re-watching it too. Um, and it led, it led me to other questions. Like if an astronaut had a, 
like a hole in their spacesuit or something, but it was mm -hmm. still like perfectly uh, airtight, like around their wrist or something. Would what happened to Katsumi also happen to the astronaut? Like, would the vacuum have some kind of adverse effect on like, like would it pull out their blood or something? I don't know. I I honestly don't know, but it raised some like real life, well, not maybe not everyday life, but real life questions of like, what would actually happen to the human body or any of its parts that are still under pressure in a vacuum? Um, I don't know, but definitely when I saw the, the hits hit, I thought, um, oh yeah, his hand's broken because he hit the brick wall that is pickle. But um, I don't know, Albert Einstein seems to have a different theory of relativity. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a great idea for the rematch. Pickle, like, they fly Pickle up to the moon, and then they can fight each other. But the, but the question really becomes, like, it. I almost feel like what, what the author is saying here is that it doesn't matter that Katsumi was punching at, the, at 780 miles an hour. What mattered is just the shockwave that he created. And that, like, if you took away the shockwave, the punch would have done nothing. No, it wasn't Pickle's body. It was something else. Professor Payne? It was caused by the air. By his body breaking the sound barrier. The sound barrier? It, which, which is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's just, it's so crazy. Like, it's, because, you know, because then the idea is like, Pickle, or like, Katsumi, why don't you just punch him at 700 miles an hour? Like, I'm sure that will, but I don't know. Apparently the shockwave is very important, and also the human body was not meant to um, reach 770 miles an hour, so breaks all your right. bones. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, also, if you if you punch at that speed and then pull back, I'm sure in real life, you know, a number of joint and dislocations would happen. <laughs> joint problems and dislocations, rather. Oh my god. Well, luckily, <laughs> luckily Katsumi has 10 million joints in his body, so he, he, can, he can lose a few. Um, man, there were, some, there were some great quotes in this episode around now. Why has God sent such a thing into this modern world? Referring to Pickle. But then yeah. even better. Whether it was invented by accident or a gift from God, the whip is a tool that can achieve mock speed through human power alone. Was the whip invented by accident or a gift from God? Which all that was, that was a quote that I didn't quite get. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> seemed to come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it came out of nowhere. And also, I don't think those are the only two outcomes. I think somebody might have designed a whip. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's a biblical like version. Maybe like one of the like <laughs> lesser known parts of the the Garden of Eden is that God gave them a whip for some reason. Maybe that's what the snake was supposed to be. Actually, a whip. Yeah, <laughs> that's why that's why he made them eat the apple. One, uh, I guess not individual quote, but like when when Albert Einstein, man, I forget this scientist's name, but Albert Einstein. Albert when he's <laughs> oh, see. Uh, when he's explaining, um, you know, what the sound barrier is and stuff, like, everyone in that scene, like, I think Tokugawa is sitting there and is he sitting beside Baki or someone else? Yeah, but I think Baki's there, yeah. <laughs> none of them seem to have any clue of what the sound barrier is. Which I feel like it's just... <laughs> kind of common knowledge even if you don't really understand how it works <laughs> like they were like ah this this barrier of air or whatever it's called you know 
I don't think they know that air is around them. (laughs) If it doesn't doesn't matter in a fight, they're not. They're not too concerned. I I guess that's fair. Well, that was. You know what? I I honestly don't think they know because it's funny because in the previous episode we had like there's those great scenes of Retsu and Katsumi watching a little TV and explaining how shockwaves work. <laughs> and, like, if you fire a bullet, you can see the, where it breaks the sound barrier. So, you know, right. Baki hasn't had that lesson. Uh, I, he, see. He, I see. Yeah, and I think he sleeps through most of his classes. So I would imagine. <laughs> so Pickle gets in, he enters Pickle mode. Um, actually, I, 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 I missed it earlier. He, he did the same stance Yujiro did. Um, which is funny. Oh I yeah, think that was pretty cool. It was cool, but the the thing is, pick so Yujiro like you know they that stance was designed around him around him and his outfit, and he looks cool doing it. Um, I don't pickle looks very cool normally, especially when he's wearing like his leather jacket um, that he, he he had a few episodes. Oh, dapper. Yeah, but when he but when he does Yujiro's stance, ah, uh, in his in his weird little like. Uh, loincloth thong. I, I I didn't like it. <laughs> That's fair. To be totally honest, I I know conspira- Baki conspiracy theory coming. But mm. when they first showed the preview for this season, like there was a cliffhanger in the previous one where they found you know some muscu- hyper muscular individual in this uh, block of what was it salt, salt or, or something salt. That's why it's called Pickle. Um, right, salt. right. Of course. Um, originally. I thought that that was a flashback and that they were going to show that that's actually how they found Yujiro. <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen. So I was like almost slightly disappointed. I was like, oh, it's just another dude. Um, but Pickle's really cool. Uh, so my conspiracy theory is like, I feel like Baki and, and Yujiro might, might be descendants, like direct descendants of Pickle or something. Oh my God. That's, I, I actually really like that idea. Like yeah. <laughs> flashback. <laughs> But then, but then we'd miss out on Yujiro or Yujiro or yeah, yeah, <laughs> the other one. That ghost dad was. <laughs> um, we'll get we'll get to that in a few months. All right, final part of the episode. Kits- uh, Pickle enters pickle mode. He's gonna do his signature dash into Kitsumi. Kitsumi has no functioning uh, hands, one functioning foot that I guess you have to stand on. Um, but he decides. He's going to go even more mock. I don't know if that's supposed to imply that he hit mock 2 on this punch. Um, but he he puts his all into this punch. And um, I don't know how you do it, um, but I think he flexed so hard that all of his muscles flew off his arm. <laughs> yeah, or like the, the like back motion or like back whip motion of him whipping his arm just like obliterated his joints or something or his muscle rather yeah it was it was incredible yeah because yeah it's not just a regular punch it's like when you crack a whip the it's the crack back of the whip that has the highest speed and so he did that with his fist i i think his bones should have shattered i think that that's the part that would have the most stress right like the muscles i I thought it was kind of weird how later he was able to hold that arm up with (laughs) Clearly, no muscle fibers <laughs> connecting the two segments of his arm. He's got that. He's got that dog in him. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to describe for the listeners at home what this what this arm looked like? Because it's tough to it's tough to get across how how gross this was. 
it, it's pretty gruesome, honestly. So, I mean, from his hand to his elbow, there are only muscle fibers expanding towards the center of his forearm um, in both directions. So towards his, the center of his forearm, there's muscle fibers sort of extending that are just severed halfway through um, with exposed bloody bone of his forearm. <laughs> and that's all that there is. There's no connected muscle tissue between those two segments. Uh, yeah. His bicep is apparently fine. His, all the fingers in his, in his hand are completely mangled. Um, his hand also has a bunch of skin missing. It's it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, but at least at least because of this punch, he was able to knock out Pickle, and the audience goes wild. Everybody's punching and yelling and just over the moon. A, a, yeah. a real happy moment to end the episode on. I was able to make all the moves I wanted. And I'm still standing. It was all of you who gave me this victory. But then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it turned out that Pickle was uh, not knocked out and is actually taking a nap. Um, This, I I really enjoyed this. I think that there's a lot of stupid stuff that Pickle does, which is the author's way of um, saying, oh, he's an animal, um, which doesn't really make sense. But I I really liked this. Um, The justification is that Katsumi is so injured that there is no further reason to fight him, and Pickle can just take a nap and wait for Katsumi to die of natural causes before he eats it. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was like a pretty, I mean... I've never never studied animals, nor like you know how animals operate in the wild. But I don't know from a layman's point of view, this seemed pretty on point. And 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 the best part is all of this is described by uh, Albert Einstein off in the stands. And like, oh, yeah. I hate this guy. Like, he's he's <laughs> he's the villain of this season. He just comes in and talks about how like yeah that you, you know what that was good, but it's not good enough. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> you will yeah, die. He's, he's, he seems to know exactly like he comes into every scenario and is like, ah, well, you think you're strong, but Pickle's even stronger. But it's like he has no sense of fighting or actual strength or anything like this. And he just comes in and just like starts explaining things that no one asked for. <laughs> yeah. You people just don't get it. Huh? Yes, you martial artists are very powerful. I can see that. I'll be the first one to admit that you've exceeded my expectations. But it's not a martial artist you're facing. Pickle's former opponents were primitive beasts from a primitive time. They were huge, the size of mountains. He's, he's a downer. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, want to hang out with this version of Einstein. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that leaves us for next episode. What will happen? Will Pickle wake up? Will Katsumi um, <laughs> lose another arm? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, so, Tim, you having watched uh, the entire series, um, I'm just going to get your thoughts. What did you think of this season as a whole? Like, how would you rank it compared to the other arcs? I enjoyed this season more than the, the prison arc, yeah. to be really honest. I, I thought this one was... Um was really really cool uh i think they took a very neat idea of like oh what if there was a human but he lived in prehistoric times so he was stronger honestly i think that's a very cool idea 
I, I found myself this season sort of more than others, sort of unable to stop watching. Um, so I don't know, I think this was really cool. I think possibly my, well, maybe not my favorite. Another like really, um, another one that I really, really liked was the the serial killer or the- Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the death row that inmates. Arc. Death row inmates, that's it. That yeah. that arc was really, really cool and very violent. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's tough to top that. And... Yeah. And I agree. I think the the prisoner, the prison season, or sorry, the the like, you know, the Black Pentagon Biscuit Oliver season that we just came from, that mm-hmm. one is one that I feel like has is hilarious to try and like describe because it's like, oh, so Baki kidnaps the president and he meets Jay Guevara in prison, um, and then <laughs> his island <laughs> nation of pirates, like, but it, I find it, it can sometimes drag a bit, and there's not really, like, Baki just sort of hangs out in prison for, like, ten episodes and then has one fight. Yeah. Um, this, this one is a much simpler concept. A caveman comes to the real world, comes to Tokyo to <laughs> eat yeah. all of the cast. But it's such a it's such a fun concept that you can really, like, just dig into it for an entire season. All right, this is my new Baki joke I just came up with. What's the difference between the death row inmates arc and the pickle arc? The death row inmates came to Tokyo to taste defeat. But pickle came to Tokyo to taste defeat because he eats them. Um, yeah, I and like. I feel like there's just a lot that they can do and and did do with this. Like especially when, you know, when pickle's walking through Tokyo and the narrator comes on and he's just like, rectangles, lights, <laughs> etc. and stuff like this, and it's like. It's actually kind of cool. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I love it every time they they goes vertical lines, horizontal <laughs> lines. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a good season, and I love the Katsumi fight, and I'm looking forward to the next one too. Um, but for I sure, won't, I won't spoil it. Um, all right, before we finish, it's time for uh, fan questions. Uh, let's see. Oh boy. Uh, if I had to compare some characters from this episode to Muppets, who would be who? Um, <laughs> Tim, you can answer this one as well. Um, let's. See. This is tough, man. Um, <laughs> I would compare Dopo to Sam the Eagle. Um, I think <laughs> I think that they both have sort of the same vibe. Uh, Pickle is sort of like Animal, I guess, uh, from like on the drums. Yeah, that, that's a good one, actually. I was I was gonna I was thinking about who's big. I was like, I don't know, Big Bird, but Big Bird's so gentle. Yeah. Definitely not Big Bird. If I had to, if I had to cast this as like an actual like episode of the Muppets, I would make Katsumi Gonzo because I feel like that's like a good role for somebody who's just gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Tokugawa and Albert Payne, of course, would be Statler and Waldorf. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good, actually. Yeah, no, I've, I've had Muppets on the mind. Any, any, did I leave any for you? I feel like I, I took all of the good ones. <laughs> um, damn, I guess, I think I was originally going to say Tokugawa would be like Elmo, just in terms of like size and like <laughs> frailty, I guess. <laughs> Tokugawa but maybe maybe your Elmo, <laughs> a very elderly Elmo. Elmo. But oh, uh, I think I think that that all tracks. I think. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, th- I think that makes sense too. All right. 
Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to, to add that I, we didn't get a chance to talk about? Go watch Baki. <laughs> all right, perfecto. All right, that's all the Baki we've got to talk here. See you all next week. Usually people say bye. Oh, shoot. See ya. Hey, no, no, no.